0: Have you been looking for your keys to success? You have found the best place to start. We will hear from professionals on different keys to success in building huge careers in and outside the mortgage industry. These conversations that each person will share their experience will allow you to hear nuggets on finding your keys to success. I'm your host, Sue Meitner, so let's get started and grab your keys. Welcome to Grab Your Keys. I'm super excited today that we have a wonderful guest, Um, but let's do some housekeeping before we jump right into it. So if you know anyone who might be interested in the expertise, advice of Grab Your Keys, please share and like to all of your friends. I would super appreciate that. But today we have a peer CMB of mine, which I love that you have the CMB designation mm-hmm. at Claremont. You are licensed if I'm not mistaken in Florida and in Wisconsin, correct? That's correct. Or, why Florida and Wisconsin? <laughs> well, if you've
1: been to Wisconsin, you re- you know that uh, we all of us Wisconsinites come to Florida to get out of the winter every once in again. So, it all started with with uh, me helping snowbirds and then over time i was like you know i want to be one of those snowbirds and then i actually now live full time in florida and uh, but still still live in wisconsin i sold my niece up there and family up there so it's nice to be in both places
0: so how does that work when you are handling business in both place in two different completely different states hope everything was okay with you with the hurricane you. you know totally different weather-related um, weather, weather related items that you have to worry about. How does that work for you?
1: You know, it is, um, yeah, that is very different. It's two very different markets. Um, when Wisconsin is very busy, it tends to be that Florida is not. So it, it actually works out really, really well that we have the, uh, the opportunity to be busy in Florida sometimes and then busy in Wisconsin. So it works out really well, but the um, being able to manage from back and forth. Well, COVID really showed everyone how easy it was to do business from anywhere. Um, So, and I had been doing business like that, uh, you know, for 12 years. So when everyone's like, oh, you have to work virtually and you can't be with people. I'm like, I'm built for this. I've been doing it for 12 years. (laughs) So it's worked out actually really, really well
0: that's amazing so besides being two different states you hold many hats at the company that you work for so you're a branch manager producing branch manager not producing you're a producing branch manager and how many people do you manage and how what does that look like day to day so i have a
1: team of i have uh, actually we're a total of five of us so it's it's really an amazing team most of my teammates have been with me for many years um, and, uh, which is terrific. So it's been, they, they support me and, um, help me with all of my, my really crazy ideas sometimes and, and ways that I want to take the, take the business and they've been here along for the ride. So I, I feel very blessed that I have uh, four amazing women that are by my side.
0: Oh, I love the women thing. I love that you have four women that have been working with you. I always feel it's so Im- important to empower women and to help them through, um, You know raising children having families balancing which is never really balancing anything great and uh, i learned long ago not to think that anything could be balanced um perfectly so we all have seen crazy stuff in this marketplace as we're seeing right now what's something crazy that you've um what's something crazy that's happened to you while working in this mortgage industry
1: oh uh, you know this was kind of a fun question because you know actually i had to choose from a few different stories but the one i think that is uh, that uh, your listeners will enjoy i walked into a closing room with the uh, a couple that was buying a home and the realtor and i come in and their heads are down you know looking a little distraught i'm like what's going on and the buyers are like she sold us the wrong house we wanted to make an offer on the house next door. It was a new construction neighborhood. So, you know, it's kind of like cookie cutter homes all being built at once. And she's like, I did. I wrote the offer on the wrong house. And he's like, yep, we went there to go do the walkthrough. And it wasn't the house we thought we were buying. Wow. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, do you like this house? <laughs> and and um, so it ended up turning out fine. They're like, it, because it really was the same house but I've never in, in 25 years of my career that only happened once where actually the real estate agent wrote the offer it was just one of those things new neighborhood new street new house numbers she wrote down they were looking at both and she wrote down the wrong one and the buyers never noticed it that they were signing off on the wrong house so I've wow, never
0: I have never had that happen I'm actually glad I've never had that happen I've had some <laughs> other things
1: happen it was pretty yes, weird
0: why we have the question is because I think in this mortgage world that we live in, we see so many different things and we end up being a therapist so many different times. Yes. And it's just so great to hear other like minded individuals dealing with the same trials and tribulations everywhere.
1: Yes. Absolutely. And
0: <laughs> and, lo- and loving that. So what do you believe your three keys to success are in this mortgage world?
1: You know, I've got this question a lot, um, you know, over the years of, you know, what what's the secret sauce? What is it? And I would say, number one, make the phone call you don't want to make. Make it now. Um, if you have something stressful, whether it's, it's, whether it's in your personal life or your professional life, and you have to give some news that you know is not going to be taken well. And in our industry, that happens, and it's heartbreaking, because I think all of us. Um, feel like very emotionally attached to our our buyers and when something goes awry and you have to tell a family that they're not going to get into their home it's absolutely just soul sinking but if you have something really awful to tell someone tell them now don't wait because it's going to flow into all of your calls that day it's going to flow into your relationship with your family it's it's going to it it doesn't go away so deal with it and uh, make that call right away It, it will That is probably one of the most important things I can say to anyone getting in the industry is make that
0: call first. I agree. And I always tell my assistants who work with on the files with me, like, run, don't walk. Uh, Tell me first, rip the Band-Aid off and then we can we can figure it out. Yep. Or I'll make the call that we can't figure it out. But let's let's you know, let's know sooner rather than later. So super important That is to your success for sure. Um, is the transparency?
1: Yeah, and the other keys, you know, that I would say is really truly under promise and over deliver. Um, I tell clients that when they are buying a home, that congratulations, they have just taken on a part time job, and um, that they are going to be working alongside of us to make sure that we meet their, you know, the, the dates that they need um, and the time frame that they need. Um, I tell them that we're going to ask for more, even if I don't think we will. I say it's very likely we're going to ask for additional documentation. Right. Some type of clarification. We're going to need additional documentation along the way. So when we call you, uh, we ask that you get it to us right away. And uh, the faster you get it to us, the faster we can we can meet your your time your time frame. Yeah, and then I also tell like them that later. they're clear. Yes, absolutely. And I tell them that they're clear to close is going to come later than it does, than I intended for it to as well. Um, those are the things that people complain about the most in our industry: is communication. They ask me for more documentation. Then I was constantly doing paperwork. Well, so just get that all of the way up front. And, uh, and, and they're very uh, intentional. Very yeah. intentional. Yes, absolutely. And I would say the third piece is come from the place of the heart. If you lead with a giving hand, if you give information, if you give your time, if you give your advice. And then ask for a referral; it will come to you. If it, but you have to start with giving hand.
0: So, how do you ask for that referral?
1: Well, you know, I think it's it's more about the timing of asking for a referral is, is really important. You know, it's a great time to ask for a referral, especially if something was a bit of a challenge and you 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 were able to get through that challenge. Um, even if it was something that you saved without them knowing. Sometimes we, you know. There's all kinds of problems that come up during the transaction of buying a home or refinancing, any kind of financing. And there's always something that comes up many times. We don't say anything about it. There are times when you just don't want to say anything about something that you saved, but choose that. If there's something that was a challenge that you got through because of your skill, then that is a great time to call the client and say, listen, I just want to let you know what happened. There was this challenge. Here's what happened. This is what I did to resolve it. And, and I want to share this with you because this is one of the reasons that you chose me as your lender. And the next time that someone mentions that they're looking at buying, I, I ask you to remember the story so you can mention that, hey, you know, I know I'll, I'll, there, there's lots of great lenders out there, but here's what my lender did to save, my, you know, save me from some stress. So I think this is a great person for me to introduce you to. And if you share that with a client, they're more likely, you know, when you ask for a referral, you know, I've always laughed about that. Well, what's a referral? You know, our clients don't know what a referral is. You know, they don't, they don't know what that word means. But if you if you can paint a picture for them and say, this is what I'm looking for. When someone asks you how the process went, or when someone says, hey, I want to buy a home or I need to refinance, as well. Then you have that story. They've got that story in their head. It'll make it easier for them to say your name instead of just saying, oh, I want to refer you. They're not going to say that. That's not a conversation that our clients would ever have.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. I love that whole story part of it and everything. That is uh, that is so important. I'm going to deviate a little bit and ask you a couple other questions. So why, why did you find it was important to get your CMB? Oh, you know, I... And when did you get it?
1: I got it and it was actually right after Irma, the last hurricane um, in 2017. um, I actually had to reschedule um, my um, online exam because I had no power. (laughs) But I did and and I did it because I've always been a student of our industry. I I love this industry. I love what we do. I love the impact we make, not only on our, the clients that we serve, but on the communities that we help build um you know we get to fund people's pension plans if you really yeah. think about you know, break it down to what we get to do it's amazing and i wouldn't know the, all of that and i wouldn't take as seriously as i do each mortgage application that i write if i didn't understand the impact that it was making so for me it, it, i got highly involved with the mortgage bankers association really at the onset of you know when i started 25 years ago and i always stayed involved and love this idea of the CMB. And just, you know, your life kind of goes on. And, but then I really made a focus um, that I wanted to go through all the classes. I'm also an AMP, I'm also an accredited mortgage professional. So I went through all of the school of mortgage banking classes. And I, honestly, I did that after I'd been in the industry for 15 years, um, but it was amazing. It, it made me, I think it made me better at my job. Not because I learned technical skills of what we do, we learn that on the job. And as soon as we learn a technical skill, we all know that technical skill changes because the program just changed or your systems changed or what have you. But really having a base core knowledge of what happens, why mortgage regulations are the way they are um, and how they impact um, ourselves, our communities and and the the borrowers we serve, and that we can then take that information and bring that to our representatives in, in DC the best thing. I love it probably. I love it as much as I love writing
0: alone, honestly. Yeah, that's great. I uh received my CMB in 2019. And it was something and I started um I believe I started in 2016 initially, but with running uh Centennial Lending, I just couldn't devote the time that really was needed to devote. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I um had uh joined with success I decided that that was one of my non-negotiables that I, with myself. Mm-hmm. I had to get it in 2019 that I had started it and I needed to finish it. And that's exactly what I did is in 2019, I I finished it. And it's so, it, it was invigorating. It was hard. And I love that, you know, I think only 800 people might have it in the United States, if I'm not mistaken. So I've yeah. mm-hmm. ever had it. So I love that. That really does set you apart, and I think it's something to be celebrated, because it's not easy. It's. I don't know any CMDs, yeah, that have
1: passed that test that didn't say this was. This was one of the greatest things I've ever done in my life, right. and you know, honestly, obviously, my children um, were a pretty really big deal. But I'll tell you, this being able to pass that exam. Um, and and then sit in front of a panel and be questioned on your knowledge um, is extremely intimidating, but definitely one of the most rewarding things I have ever done in my career. Entire- definitely,
0: definitely. I one thousand percent agree with you. Yeah. So I th- thought that you know when it, when I researched you and then when it, when you had it on your tagline, I was like, oh yeah, we definitely mm-hmm. need to bring this up because it's something that really is very understated in our industry um you know people say cpa all the time but people don't say cmb all the time and i think it's so super important that um we shine a light on it because it is the the creme de la creme of this mortgage oh, yeah. business for sure so yeah. kudos to you you deserve it i um you I do. want anyone who gets it um who
1: do you admire you know I, I mean, I definitely, I have people personally in my life that I admire. But, you know, the ones that kind of popped up the most when I, when we talked about that question are the people that don't say they have it all. I appreciate the woman that buys cupcakes from the grocery store for the bake sale. Yeah. I appreciate um, the, the man and, and the mom and dads that pick up their kids late from soccer practice because they spread themselves too thin. Um, I appreciate that sometimes they come in and they've got a stain of baby whatever on their shoulder or their kids spill, or they even themselves just spilled coffee on themselves on the way in the, in the morning because they were running crazy. I admire the, the get up and go that you have to do when you've got so many things going on and that you... You don't say, I have it all. You say, you know what, I'm a little bit of a mess. But when I'm there, I'm 100% present. No. I am 100% honest. And if somebody needs me, I'm going to find a way to, to get there even if I have stains on my shirt. And I love that about people that rather than saying or trying to pretend that we have it all just say I don't (laughs) I don't have it all
0: embrace the crazy embrace the crazy Yes, and and it's okay to embrace the crazy especially I mean I'm a just recent empty nester so I totally get that crazy of having kids that's going to the soccer field and going to the swim meet and running around and and you know or having the baby that might not have shoes on, you know, (laughs) just because you forgot. Mm
1: -hmm. So,
0: um, and just owning that and being yourself is so important. So I love that they're the people that you admire and and it really shows right now that we need to just give people grace. Yes. And that's something that is lacking so much in society today is to give people the grace that people and the benefit of the doubt people Mm -hmm. might have a bad day and you Mm -hmm. just need to be okay with that and not think that it's about you. Right.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: And that's so I try to say in this mortgage world that we live in, I mean, we're dealing with people at sometimes the craziest time, time of their life. You know, if they're not buying a house, they're getting married, you know, they're changing jobs, you know, all the things that you Mm -hmm you know, our perfect storm that we sometimes have to laugh about. Oh, yeah. Um, We have to give um, people the benefit of the doubt that they don't know any better, and we have to educate them on that. Right. So I love that. What other profession would you be if you weren't a mortgage professional? I know.
1: You know, again, a couple, there's definitely a couple different jobs, but I would love to have been a surgeon. I love... Precision. I love having to make a decision extremely fast. That's going to, um, you know, that, that's a big decision for the people that you have there on your table, um, and the you literally get to save a life. And uh, I can't. I think that that would be one of the most amazing high stress. You know, I'm trying to think of something else that would be more stress than what we have.
0: <laughs> I thought. I don't I don't know know. we're pretty
1: high stress. Yes.
0: Yes, um, exactly. But I can see where you would say that because you're dealing with, you know, obviously different way that you're dealing with people's lives, but you're still dealing with people's lives. Might not be life and death, yet sometimes it feels close like to and um And sometimes um, you take it on as life and death uh, for sure but um when you have a loan that's let's say going awry do you in oh, your head I, I just know that I have this like have plan B plan C plan yeah. D yes. of how you're gonna handle that and how did how does that sequence work in your head
1: oh, boy. I mean it's the LA freeway up there I swear yeah. um I do I always you know I say that to clients a lot and, and even to my team I'm like home oh, I've got a plan a and plan B and working on a C and we even have a D if we really need it and you know, I always start with what is what's the best outcome for the you know for the borrower. What what's going to be the very very best for them? Because you know our jobs is it is to make sure that we have the best outcome for the borrower first. Always, I always I always believe that. Uh, but we also have to protect all of the other people that are involved as well. Our own companies, we have to make make sure we're protecting um, that we're not doing something that would put the company in a position that. We don't want to be in the seller um, of that home as well, the real estate agents. There's so many people with different you know needs throughout that process, and and all of it is on our shoulders. And I think that's why it's so stressful because we know it's not just this buyer. Ultimately, there's a lot of other people that, that and their needs that we need to take into consideration. But generally speaking, I start with you know, plan A is always what's the absolute best that we can do for the borrower. Plan B is okay, if that's not gonna work, then we can go to that.
0: Always keeping them at the top of focus. Right. So in this uh, market that we're in, the uh, the market of opportunity, I always that's say.
1: Good.
0: That's good. <laughs> what are you doing that really allows you to be top of mind right now? What are you? What are the little things sure. that you're doing so that your so that your volume doesn't decrease and that your branch doesn't you know do fifty percent less than they did last right. year. How, how are you tweaking things in this marketplace for opportunity?
1: You know, that on one part, I think that a lot of people are feeling, a lot of lenders are feeling that stress of, oh my gosh. You know, I think that we're coming off of, you know, over two years of running at a speed that is really not healthy for any of us. You know, honestly, I, you know, kind of, you know, personally, I, feel like I took years off of my life in the last couple of years because it was so, so crazy busy and, and at uncomfortable levels. I don't think it was, I mean, it was, it was fun, um, but I think that having a hiatus from it isn't necessarily bad. thing. So I'm trying to, you know, one part of me is like, oh my gosh, you know, we're going to see the volume potentially diminish a little bit. We also just had a hurricane in Florida. So that, you know, that's also freaked out some of our buyers here. Okay. Um, but. It's, uh, but I'm looking at it and looking, pulling out the, the pieces that I did before when we, you know, it's been you it pretty much just showed up and things just happened. That's not going to happen anymore. And that's, that's okay. And it's also okay to have your volume, not be what it was. That wasn't realistic either. Yeah. We are in an unrealistic market. We, we couldn't possibly sustain that you know, unless we continue to just add more bodies to the fire. Um, But, you know, ultimately this is where we're at. So staying top of mind is absolutely important. But I think in the way that I'm doing that again is coming at it from a place of leading with a giving hand. Here's data that you need to know. Here's information that you need to know. And reaching out to your clients, you probably have people that are in your pre-approval list. You need to be calling them. One, giving them some peace of mind as far as, okay, well, this is what it's gonna mean for your pre-approval. Now, you could have some very difficult conversations with borrowers right now because you might have had them you know push to the top of their limit at their income bracket for a price range that's difficult to find in their community and now you've got to tell them now you gotta look lower and that's going to be a stressful conversation to have with them but have it have those conversations i think that's really really important and then just making sure that you are giving facts to your, uh, your referral partners be that place of it come from it as a point of, I'm going to educate you on this. I'm going to be here for you. So when you have questions, you you'll ask me. You don't want them to look online for information. Why? you don't want them to look at rates online because it's never accurate anyway. And it doesn't, it's not necessarily accurate for them individually. So make sure that, that you're letting them know, let your referral partners know, let your borrowers know, certainly your pre-referrals and also your past clients. You should be contacting them. Again, come from a place of, I'm going to educate you, I'm giving you information. And now what I want to ask in return for being here for you when you call, if you're panicking over uh, what your payment's going to be for Mr. or Mrs. Free Approval, um, then what I want you to do is the next person you know that says, well, hey, I'm actually a little bit scared too, but I want to buy, that you're going to give my name. So you know that I'll always be here for you. I think that's the way that's going to separate you from um, from your competition that's not reaching out. Um, and your referral partners, your real estate agents, financial planners, well financial planners have a, have, you know, they've got a unique um, knowledge of the market. So they understand it some, but still reach out to them and and let them know, what does this mean? Here's different programs we can look at. These are ways we can continue to help these buyers and making sure people don't go down the spiral of, Oh, it's so awful. So now we're just a different opportunity. Right. So I, I use the example. I had someone, um, a buyer in our market was like, Oh my gosh, interest rates have really wiggled up from where they were. And I said, Yeah, but you offered forty thousand less on now, mind you, it's a real a reasonable price range, but they offered forty thousand less and the seller took it. Right. Uh, that once not happened six months ago, you would have paid potentially hundred thousand more for the same house. Right, so, so there was truly a hundred and
0: forty thousand dollar differential, right. even though the interest rate might be two percent higher, right? Their payment is probably the same, exactly. And, and then
1: that, that's where having fact based conversations, not, yeah, let's you know, interest rates will probably go down, or you know, even the Mortgage Bank so- Association, the indicators show that we'll probably see some kind of uh, you know, reprieve into next year, however. We all know that that's not, there's no absolute crystal ball, we, know, we all know that. And and we don't wanna bank on that anyway. But I do think that for now, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at my systems, I'm looking at my technology, I'm looking at the whole breaking down the process to see are there ways that we can make this process better, faster, easier for clients, and using this time as wisely as I can. Also, take a day off. Right. Give yourself a break. We've been running for two and a half years. We've had our running shoes on. Take a minute. Enjoy a, enjoy a bit of a reprieve and get back to work. Roll your sleeves and get back to work. And do not fall into the negative conversations in social media or on the news. Make your own reality. We all do, we all can do that. So make your own. Reality. Yeah,
0: I love that, and I love that you mentioned technology. Your tech stack is so important right now. What, who you're using it for? Your CRM, your customer relationship manager. What um, automated intelligence you're using, yeah. and also your intellectual property. Super important mm-hmm. these days. So I think that um, as mortgage leaders, it's important to tell the new group of lend, uh, mortgage people coming in what you know we did early on in our careers and and that this is the reality. You do have the highs and lows of the mortgage industry and the last two years were an anomaly and um and we embraced it and we helped tons of people get out of horrible situations Mm -hmm. that they were in due to COVID. like i'm so excited that i was able to help so many families Uh better um their situation through consolidating debt and other things like how many other industries can say how how much they can help a, a a family And um, and we are able to do that, which is great. So, what's in the future for a vet?
1: Well, you know, I I've I've been in mortgage for a very long time, and I can't imagine my life without it. No. Um, So, I I think I'll always be in mortgage. Um, And but I do want to do more. You know, I I love our industry. I love being involved in um, you know in our trade organization with the mortgage bankers and advocacy and. Understanding legislation and understanding how that legislation will affect, um, you know, the borrowers you're sitting across from. I think that's super important, and I love it. I um, I would like to make it easier for loan officers to understand this information and get it Absolutely. out. Uh, so just, you know, for me, it's I, I would say my my next chapter will be doing what I've always done, which is working with buyers. I love that and and uh, borrowers, but um, in addition, find ways to. Um, you know, to help educate loan officers on the, the different parts of our industry that I think sometimes get forgotten that are super important because they do, right. being a, a highly educated um, professional and the person that people come to for information sets you apart. Totally. And more than anything is, is your intellectual property. Having that knowledge is just, you know, it, it makes you confident when you do have someone who is, rate shopping you or they're considering other other lenders. when you have really true good factual information to offer decisions are a lot easier for your for your buyers to choose you so yeah
0: so sometimes you have to be the confident person that's helping them make those hard decisions Mm -hmm. and the confidence uh when someone's not confident you being confident they can fall into that Absolutely. And that's so important. I love the confidence part of it. So, well, it's been amazing getting to know you and uh, amazing that you gave us the time today. Thank you so much. And for it. all of you out there um, looking to get in touch with Yvette, how would people get in touch with you? Um, you can email
1: me um, and um, or call, but you can email me at at Yvette, which is my name right on the screen there, at Novus yeah. N-O-V-U-S, home mortgage.com. Email is a great way because we can set a time, and I'm very happy to help. Any questions at all, please feel free to reach out.
0: Yeah, so we will put it at the bottom of this podcast so that everyone can have your email. And remember, everyone, if you know anyone that might like our information on Grab Your Keys, please like and share. And thank you so much for listening today.